Welcome to episode three of the podcast. First season in the books, and what a season it was. Ups and downs across the board, but really when the dust settled, was there any real doubt that we would get a Helsinki versus Pori matchup? The two best teams in the league most of the season, and really when you look at their lineups, completely stacked. And while the final wasn't necessarily a barn burner, I'd say that Pori really showed that when it mattered most that they could pull it out. Um, I mean, two of the games were won by one run. Um, there's a one nothing win in, in the game four of that series. Um, and so, you know, when you look at a team being able to, to grind out victories like that um, with a lineup that, that hit pretty well in that series, Rasmusberg um, hit 476, Harry Malanen hit 429, Pico Horant, yeah, Honk Aranta hit 357. I mean, that's crazy production to get from your top three batters. Um, it will probably get you through um, any kind of playoff you need when, when guys can do stuff like that. Um, Nino Moreno went 2-0, um, had a 1.13 ERA in that series um, to capture the first championship in league history. Um, really, you, you got to tip your cap to Vimpoli. Um, a team that we knew would be threatening, you know, threatening all season. Sakamo as well. Uh, somebody did a heck of a job there um, until, you know, rev against a freight train in the playoffs. I mean, it wasn't a whole lot you could do about that. And Carmartala making me eat my words because even against Pori, even though they didn't get it out of the series, he hits 429 in that series. Um, and so, mind you, nobody else in that team could, you know, could seem to get their bats together. Um, and what's wild about that also is that the pitching was okay. I mean, as far as, far as the starters anyway, um, you know, but it just, just, it just couldn't quite, you know, like I said, Pori's a freight train. And so let's just do a quick recap of the season, talk a little bit about kind of what we saw and more importantly, what we're looking forward to in the, in the, uh, and the off season here and going into next season, which should be a pretty quick turnaround. Um, and so obviously we've got our trip first triple, triple crown winner in our first season. Christy Granis is on another level. Um, and yeah, that Helsinki ballpark's a little juiced, um, course field esque, but I mean, I think that far and away, the guy just showed that he was the best player in the game. And, and you got to tip your cap to that. Carmartala uh, heard me talking about him, like I said, all season. Hit 351. Um, and again, not a guy with a lot of pop, but a guy that, you know, put up a 7.2 war on the season. And so I bet you that any other team in the league would have happily taken him into their entire lineup in a heartbeat. Um, pitching, for all the talk in our league about pitching and how bad it was going to be, there were a few guys who really stood out. Matinas Kunin, um, one pitcher of the year, of course, uh, 277 strikeouts, was a workhorse, pitched 329 innings on the year and had a nine war. Uh, I mean, 7.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Um, the guy was just, you know, every time he went out there, you knew that he was probably going to get the result that he wanted. And, and you really you really have to say that that's well, pretty damn scary, I'd say. Um, Miko Isalo, of course, I've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Um, he delivered all season long, and and really, I guess while we talk about some of the guys that did really well, I'm looking so looking at the stats and kind of just going around and seeing what I see. But as far as team stats are concerned, um, you know, I guess across the board, teams were hitting the ball fairly consistently. 
um, as far as home runs were concerned. Helsinki obviously led the league in home runs, 672. Uh, Vimpley had the few, fewest number of home runs, 400. No, that's a, a lie. Sorry. Wrong thing I'm reading here, which is why you do the podcast live or not. Um, Helsinki had 174 home runs. I was just reading RBI a second ago. Um, whereas Sineoki only had 50. And so there was a pretty big disparity in terms of the fields and, and what they did. And we're going to tighten that up this offseason so that things are a little bit a little bit more standard and see how that uh, turns out for us. As far as other weird stats to see, Cunin had 22 complete games. I imagine we'll see those numbers come down in the future. Um, I don't know how or how much, but but it's something that I don't know that we'll continue to see going into the future as you know we get more depth into the league and also as we uh, look at the settings a bit, try to make things a bit more uh, normal, I'd say. Uh, looking at, um, also looking at, uh, the, uh, again, Grannis was really a, a monster at every offensive category. I mean, you know, betting average, home runs, RBI, on base percentage slugging, on base plus slugging, and, uh, war, um, runs scored, doubles, uh, total paces. And so, uh, just, that's just a scary, scary man. And so we'll be fascinating to see going forward is can he continue that? that kind of production is he going to be the kind of guy that we're you know where we're going to enshrine into the uh hall of fame after seeing him for a couple seasons we know he's a, a no doubter um looking at some of the other teams in the league and some of the other guys that stood out on the season um i think really you've got a i was i think i mentioned this earlier that that Sanioki team was really sort of like scarily interesting it just didn't quite have enough to put it together but their closer um Maino rantama um, had a, a sub two ERA, um, had 26 saves, saves aren't a real stat, but we'll go with it. Nonetheless, um, had some good, some good production out of their leadoff hitter, Yurho Pasikivi, um, so why you don't play in a Finnish league, but nonetheless, uh, 315 batting average, 43 home runs, um, two and a half war, um, looking at, uh, the Tampa Day team, uh, I think, uh, you had an interesting club there. Their frontline starters weren't terrible. Um, Calto, um, 3.35 ERA. Their closer, Raimo Juro, I think won closer of the year. I think he was reliever of the year. Uh, he was. Um, so on a last place team, the guy wins reliever of the year. And so maybe uh, Simsel decided that he, need, he doesn't really need a closer and tries to sell that guy off. We'll see. It's offseason. They ended the year with 10 straight losses. And that's kind of rough over there in Tampere. But... Maybe this offseason will offer more things. Huvinka, who we've not talked about at all because they were terrible all season, didn't have any pitching. Really, I mean, offensively, uh, Tony Simula, who was an all-star, won a silver slugger in the outfield. Um, probably one of the three best outfielders in the league, I'd say, for, for my money, frankly. Is a guy that, that uh, if, if Ramps doesn't decide to trade him, could, could really be um, a core in helping them get out of last place next season. Um, they've got some decent guys. Um, Simula obviously plays in that three spot. They've got um, their leadoff hitter. Suan Para is a, a you know solid leadoff hitter as well. The issue is just that their pitching was so bad from the starters. You know, combined team started ERA somewhere around near seven, and so that's not going to work. Uh, and so they're definitely going to need to find somebody this off season to get some hurlers in there. And he got on that team late. So the fact that they kind of just were like a team that was thrown together from the draft itself means that there's nowhere to go but up for them. And Kuvala, uh, a team that sort of was not a team that we talked about much, but their, their cleanup hitter, Andre Lapalainen, is a guy that um, I believe wasn't, no, he wasn't an all-star, but third baseman, 
Um, good hitter as well. Um, Marcus Christina is another guy on that team that's, that's really solid. And so they've got some, some makings of, so again, another team with some solid offense that if they could just get some pitching, it'd make that Eastern division even more competitive than it already is. Because the East was a two-team race all year. Really, it was a Hel- Helsinki-Satkamo situation, which you'd imagine going into next year, it'll be that way again. And so we're going to wonder if a team like Yonsu can can find some pieces because they have what the other teams didn't have, which is some good frontline pitching. They just didn't really have the bats to hang with the other teams. Tommy Carlson at leadoff spot was a good power bat. Really, there were three, four, five lineup guys that could hit, hit the ball with some pop, but the rest of that lineup just couldn't do anything. And so they couldn't get you the wins you needed throughout the year. And so those bottom three teams just beat up on each other most of the year. And then it's the top two that just, you know, we're, we're, we're far and away better. Meanwhile, in the West, you've got really four teams that are, I mean, I think really, are, you know, obviously Pori and Vimpoli are right next to each other. But Sanioki and Lapua are not that far off. And so this offseason will be interesting to see what kinds of guys they can bring in, if they can, to uh, with the salary cap going up $15 million this season. So you've got a cap with a little bit of room in it. And I don't know that salary expectations are going to be that much higher than they've been. So with that backdrop, it'll be interesting to see what 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 you know what you all decide to do, and where that that puts players. Let's get into the draft a little bit. Uh, this is funny when you do this podcast because uh, I'm doing this and um, my girlfriend's gonna come back here in a second, and um, and so I'm trying to like rush to do this. So you have to like re-record it. So like, there's a little bit of realness, but in any case, we've got um, the draft is interesting. Of course, we've got a ton of guys that I think could be helpful, impactful from the start. Um, Icelandic guy, Olaf Thor Ingolfsson, is a 23-year-old uh, who's who I think could come in day one, third baseman who can come in day one and help a team out. Um, you got another guy here, Niels Coria Aho, who's a Finnish guy, um, second baseman, 22. Oliver Walker, another Finn, um, at 23. So these guys are like a little older. Um, Pakistani guy, Kapani Habibi, who's a, um, what does he play? He plays outfield. And I think is another guy that's interesting. There should be some definite pitching in this uh, in this pitching in this uh, draft that we have not had in the past. Um, I wouldn't. I don't see any other than um, Ascari Pumalainen, who I think would help a team out that's pitching starved, or Andreas Terman as a Swedish guy. Those are the two guys that I see the most impactful from the pitching side. There are not as many pitchers who are day one ready as there are hitters. There are, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what teams decide to do with this because. If you can collect some of those pictures that are like forecasted out, it's going to be a debate. Do you want to take a, you know, one of these these solid hitters? Beauty of an eight team with a ten team draft is that you're going to come around pretty quickly. So it's not not like you're going to have to um, wait it out. So your first couple of picks, the first couple of rounds, say two rounds in this, maybe even three rounds into this, are going to be guys that can help you out um, now or in the near term future. Um, but there's a lot of talent in this draft. Uh, you know, there's one, two, three guys who are five star potential. You got three guys who are five, four and a half star potential. Um, a solid number of four star guys, and I think I can't count how many right in a second, but a bunch of three stars, and then it goes down from there. And who knows what that'll look like and if that'll map, map out. But it's going to be super interesting to see what a team like Ivinka does. Are they going to, will they trade that first pick and, and try to collect some other picks? Probably not. Uh, uh, not in this draft. 
will they will they take a guy that can help from day one, an older guy that can help from day one, or do you go after one of these prospects like a Hakan Nielsen who's 22, or Ilka Parenta who is uh, also 22, but these guys who are a little further out, but who might be, you know, Andreas Terman is a 20. Well, I just mentioned him already, but uh, that's Tommy Rapus is a 20. <laughs> Rapus is a 22-year-old pitcher who's probably going to need some time to develop but has four-and-a-half star potential. So, I mean, a guy that could really help you out eventually um, if, if things go the way they're supposed to. And so um, Henry Osling is another guy, a Norwegian 18-year-old, who probably the youngest pitcher I see in here who could probably help a team out. So it would be super interesting to see what some of these guys can do for you. And if there are any guys in here who are not names I'm mentioning who have the potential to really help a team out as well. And so it's going to be fascinating to see how the draft flops out this season um, you will not have the complaints we've had in the past about a, about our draft classes, our prospects being trash, because there is there's going to be a some pretty world changing talent in the free agent pool. There's not a whole lot. There are some guys that came over from the Brazilian league that'll be interesting. Uh, Ilya Costa. There aren't any starters that I recall being in this class. Um, a couple, a bunch of relievers, which given some of the team's relief situations, that might be very helpful. Uh, Costa's an interesting guy, though. He's 252 in the Brazilian league with a three-set .7 war. He's asking for about somewhere around $1.7 million. So well, it would be interesting to see how much, you, how much those numbers get brought up by you all during the uh, free agency period. Um, another guy from St. Kitts, Herman Samuel, is, a, uh, is a, an outfielder who has got some pop to his bat. It'll be super interesting to see at 24 whether he can really help a team out. So the beauty of... I think this year's this year's draft coupled with a few of these free agents is that, you know, with like three or four picks in this draft, you could get some future help, a guy to help you right now. And then if you're, you know, deft about it, you could get you a free agent or two. And so it could help a team like maybe not Havinka, maybe they're a year, maybe they're another year out, but a Kuvala or a Sinayoki or a Lapo or even Tampere, a team like that that's not was not in the mix this season that really wasn't being talked about. Sinayoki got close and then kind of fell off at the end. But it would not take much for one of these teams to get a, get a cup, three or four guys in, and all of a sudden they go from being a team you're not talking about to a team that is is is, is a factor um, going into going into the second season. The other thing that's interesting too is that um, you know we haven't had any trades yet, and so it'll be also fascinating to see if this if this this draft class gives us the ability to start moving some players around. If you you a team that's already good, a Sakamo is going to get a star player. Um, Helsinki's going to get a player that can help them, a prospect. Maybe they'll go out and get something else. But what will those top teams decide to do uh, to help themselves out? Because if I'm one of those teams, I might say, yeah, I might go hard on a few prospects. And now I've got some assets to deal so I can go out and get me one of these guys from a Sinayoki, you know, and say, hey, look, hey, look, Hey, look, Sanayoki, you're not going to win this season. I'm going to dominate you probably. But if you want to, if you want to give me 31 year old, he'll be 32 next year. You know, Matthias Kuinen, who just won a you know one pitcher of the year. You want to give me that horse? I'll give you two or three of these top prospects in this draft because they're not going to mean anything to me anyway. I'm just trying to maximize my window here and win while I can in this early stage of the, of the game. So I think that hopefully things will start to open up. In this uh, this off season, just given how um, given how dynamic this whole class is, and kind of what we have in free agency, the other factor that we haven't talked about here is what the Filipino league will give us next midseason as well. And so that's the other thing that's interesting. There are a few guys there that I haven't even spent a whole lot of time 
looking at that league, but I know that there are some guys that should be coming out of that that group in the uh, midseason that should give you give you a chance that if you haven't had a chance now to sign some guys that you're able to come in and get them. One of the other thoughts I had actually would be to um, make it so that you could sign those players straight away um, by offering money to that league or whatever. I have not activated that yet. I don't know that we're going to, but it's something that maybe if you hear this and you want to chime in in the chat, feel free to do that because it would be interesting to know if you all would like that or not. I'm torn on the idea. The game is not super equitable about how it allows those signings. There's no real transparency in how those signings get done, but if it were possible, it'd be really an interesting sort of way for teams to sort of stay in the race and stay competitive and keep things interesting because that's all this is about is keeping things interesting. And so that's basically the high level for this season. Like I said, a really good year across the board. I think a pretty interesting year. I know it was off to sort of a, a chaotic start, but it's, that's fast sim. And also it's just kind of run my leagues, right? But, uh, but I appreciate you all hanging in there. I think that uh, I think this season will be pretty great. Um, as far as a schedule for this season, we're going to go ahead and get this draft done. We'll do one free agency period, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll sim a, sim a spring training day, and then we'll go ahead and sim right into the season. I'm not quite sure how we'll schedule that this week. We'll see how fast the draft goes. But if we can get the draft done in, by Tuesday, we should be able to go ahead and uh, sim out the um, sim out the free agency period and get a season done by next Friday, in theory. It may require more sims this week than normal, but... That would get us to a third season, a third, a second, going into the third off season uh, a week from now, which would be pretty nice as far as, you know, seeing your teams and also, you know, just playing fast sim like normal. So there's a scoop for this episode. Looking forward to uh, seeing what everything happens this year. Um, Havinka has a ton of cash under this cap. So it's Kuvala, Sunny Yoki. Those teams that didn't do great have a ton of room to play with with the new cap. So it'd be fascinating to see exactly how they're able to to jump in and compete, whereas some of the bigger teams are not going to have that have the ability to spread that money around in the same way. And now that everybody's kind of gotten a sense of how folks gun for things, it, it'll be interesting to see how you all you all are able to uh, to adapt and compete. So that's about the scoop for this this episode. Actually, one last thing I'll say is uh, as far as best performances this season, the top game performance was Alto Kujala. Who um Havinka of all teams who had a um had a, his first he had a highest game score one twelve where he hit three home runs had five RBI and three hits um the, the top pitching score game of the year was from Vimpolis Tommy Valmake who had a thirteen inning game he pitched he pitched thirteen innings eight strikeouts three walks and only allowed four hits um the second one was uh, Uko Sapala who plays a Pori and he hit through an eleven inning game. And so, uh, like I said, that endurance situation this season was off the charts. And so it'll be interesting to see how that that um, adapts over time and if, if guys are able to continue to be those horses because with guys that can go 13 innings, that, that does change change the, uh, the modifier of things quite a bit. So that's it for this episode of the podcast, The Fast Sim News. I'm the Commish, and we'll talk to you later.